Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Sit down there. <laughs> well, let's, let, let me put it like this. I'm filled out, but tonight I'm going to fill in. No, just kidding. <laughs> Praise God. No, in all honesty and all truth, I, I love the Word of God. I, I enjoy the privilege and, and the honor. At, at, at Brother Pastor Cox is everything Brother Shetler had said. He's a, he's a very wonderful man, a very humble man. Uh, and the Lord has, has elevated his ministry with his wife uh, to levels that they deserve. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a real heart for, for uh, growth and uh, revival, and I appreciate him. So tonight we're going to look into the Word. The pastor said, do whatever you want. And you know, in a Bible study fashion, that's what I feel the most comfortable with. And uh, the Word of God just is so beautiful. And he has given me something tonight, and I hope I can articulate what he's given me. So let's all just pray a minute, if you would. Pray for me, will you please? And Lord, we just thank you tonight for your wonderful spirit and your presence in this place. What a privilege. God, what an honor to be in this house. What an honor to uh, look at your word tonight, God. The, you paid such a dear price for us to have this word kept down through the centuries of time and let us not take for granted, Lord, that we have access in a country that still allows the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I appreciate His Word so much. Thank you. Amen. The message tonight is, it was, is called Alone Time with God. And you ever had anybody ask you, if Jesus was God, how, how is it that He had to pray? The Father, right? Well, they, we all understand tonight that Jesus Christ was dual-natured. He was God, and he was man. He didn't leave himself, he didn't, uh, uh, leave himself away from suffering, obviously. Uh, to think of a God, every, every time I go to prayer, and tonight this message is going to be about prayer. And I want the Lord tonight, and it's not a convicting message, but I, I do know what God has me to say, is going to have me say tonight. But he wants you to know tonight that we're living in a very, very peculiar time, a very uh, time of uncertainty. And we definitely, and it, it just, it just it set in my spirit. The last few times I've been praying, he just wants me for sure to emphasize to you that we really have not got the power in our own natural being. The reason he filled us with the Holy Ghost is so, so he can commune with us and we need him to have a relationship. We really don't have, have the, the, the physical or, or emotional ability to fight the, the evil side of the spirits in this air. We really need God in a very serious time we're living in. Uh, and tonight I'm just going to look at some scriptures. They're going to be coming up there and you'll be coming back here. And uh, let, let's start. I, I, I did have one scripture, probably one of my favorite scriptures when I first got saved was Psalm, Psalm 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Tonight, do you want to be in that secret place? If you're tired of struggling with, your, with failure in your human nature and in your endeavors 
of your own abilities and, and the, your own strengths, there is a God that wants to bring you higher. He wants to bring you to a place where you really know this is my God. I just don't know him, or I, don't, I just don't know he exists, but I, he knows me, and I know him. And I'm going to just look at some scriptures tonight that, uh, and I want to, I, I've I got a lot of notes, and I'm going to stick by them, so. And do you know when Jesus prayed, I believe he developed his prayer life, and this came to me. I think, as all of us, a prayer life just does not happen. A walk with, with God does just not happen. It's like anything in growth whether it be the natural plant life, whether it be us as infants. We got a little Kenna there tonight. She's got to start. And whether tonight you just never understood how can I develop a prayer life? How is it? How much more can I get? How much more can I get close to God? How much deeper can I get? Well, I want you to know tonight, it's as simple as acknowledging him first and realizing that he does choose a development of growth and it, it doesn't maybe just happen overnight. It happens through what? Your trials, your tribulations. In those, you learn to trust him. And this relationship with God, the God, Jesus Christ, manifested in the flesh, that sinless Christ, can you imagine the contrast? The Bible says he was tempted in all ways, just as you and I. Can you imagine being the pure, perfect, holy God that, what, his sits up against sin, can you imagine how, how much more obvious sin must be and how much more heartfelt that is to him? Why did he go through what he did in the garden? Why did he, why did he, just, why did he just bend down and just, as the Bible says, his, his sweat was like drops of blood. He was carrying all of us on his back. He was on a mission. He didn't count himself out. And no, he didn't have his little son go die for him. He was Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified amongst the angels. Angels, He was preached unto the Gentiles and received up into glory. Jesus Christ took on the whole sin of humanity on himself. And why, why is it that he'd done that? Because he loves you that much. And tonight, if you're struggling in yourself, and you think, he doesn't know me that well, let me tell you something. He knew you when he was hanging on the cross. He will bring you through absolutely everything you go through. Now let's look at some of the reasons why Jesus chose to go off and be alone over being around other people. Let's look at some of this. Look, look at Luke 4, 1 through 2. And it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And being 40 days, he was tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended up, he afterward hungered. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that, what do you mean, Jesus Christ, all the power that created the heavens and the earth, had to go off somewhere? And, and that shows me this. If he was that emphatic about his prayer life, and I, I really believe this in this day and age we live in, that's one of the biggest distractions of the enemy that we, that we see, destroying this, this whole America, destroying all these countries, it's because he distracts people 
and makes them think that God is just a boring experience. And he is not a boring experience. When I look at you, and you look at me, and you look at your brothers and sisters, and you are, to think that he trusted us, he put enough, he put enough investment in us to say, you're born in my image. If I had a company, and I was a CEO, I wouldn't send some, some half-hearted person out to represent my company. But to think the God of heaven and earth that created us actually trusted us and believed in us enough to actually say, I'm going to bring you along. I'm going to help you grow. I'm going to help you learn through experience of life, experiences of trial. And you are going to become, the, you're going to become everything that I originally designed you to become. So if I can invest tonight that thought in your mind, this world wants to destroy you because you know what it works on with everybody? Self-image. It has all, a lot of our young people looking at Hollywood and having them trying to emulate some, some anorexic type of a star whose face is, is so painted up that they don't even know themselves what they look like anymore. Or, or throw a bunch of tattoos on their bodies, distort them and, and distort the image of God. Hey, you know something? If, if humility and being yourself is boring or out of date, I'll take it anytime. When I look at the celebrities of the world and I look at what Hollywood's done to some of the, the most gifted, talented people, which they really are, but where, have they, where was their destiny? How many died early in life? Take, take the level, take the people of Elvis Presley. You take the talent he had and the ability. And with a real Christian background. And it's, it's horrible what happens to these people. So anyway, we see here in, in these two scriptures, 14 to 15, Luke 14 and 15. Here Jesus was preparing for a major task after he was baptized and spent out into the wilderness for 40 days. Uh, he was preparing for his public ministry. Now, all of us need... I hate to say this, but we need to prepare for our daily walk with God every day. Whether it be, as the pastor said recently, it's probably ideal to pray in the morning. It's probably ideal to, if that works for you because it gets you ready for the day. Some of you may work second, third shift, so they don't obviously work that way. But find, what did he say to his disciples? Couldn't you pray with me at least one hour? Man, when I think about that, it's humbling. Now, Jesus also knew when to prepare for his ministry, and of course, he was attacked by the enemy. He also knew of times to be refreshed and rest. And after sending his 12 disciples out to minister, which he had to pick, and then he even encouraged them to rest. Let's look at Mark 6, 7. Okay, and he called on to him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them the power over unclean spirits. So he had a, he had a responsibility to minister to these young disciples, make them into, into the, the, uh, the emulation that he was looking for, men off the fishing docks, taxpayers. Uh, he, he just picked a, a conglomerate of individuals. Just like us sitting in here tonight, we come from all walks of life. And, but what's really wonderful about it is 
If, if, you, if you took out the element of Jesus Christ and the infilling of his spirit, we would probably have very little bit of interest in each other in certain respects. But isn't it beautiful how when he brings a body of people together, and I can't emphasize enough tonight that when you walk in that door, you're just not a nobody. You are a child of the living God. And you are as important as, you, as anybody sitting next to you. So he took his time out to get refreshed and rest. Can you imagine the burden he had? Let's look at Mark 6, 30 through 32. So if Jesus saw that importance, he also cared and loved his disciples. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things but what they had done and what they, what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come you yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. He cared about them. He loved them. He's the one that sent them out. He is the one that uh, picked them. Do you know what a night? A lot of times we get the idea that we found Jesus. We found God. We didn't find God. God found us. Do you know that when he found you, I have to believe, knowing he's the all-omniscient God, all-knowing God, he says, there's an individual that I realize if I can work in them, they'll come to me. So you aren't just some random soul out here that just decided to come to God. You are handpicked by him. And let me tell you this, when you go, when you go to talk to him and you pray to him, realize the value you are to him. I've said it before here in this, in, in this church. They said, you are the you are the best thing on his mind every day. He created this beautiful earth that we get to enjoy. The Bible says that uh, nobody can deny the fact that, that uh, uh, there's, a, there's a God because the things visible prove to us there's a God that's invisible. When you look at the balance of nature and you look at the perfection, when I looked at that little Kenna being born over there, and I look at her little tiny hands and feet, do you know with all the robotics and, and all of the, all of the, the sciences, they still cannot make a hand work like that. They can do great things. They build automobiles with them. There's, they actually build complete automobiles without any human hands on it. They're all robotic. Well, it's, it's marvelous. It's wonderful. And they're brilliant people. But they still can't copy that. They still, as the Bible says, who can tell how the, how the bones are formed in the womb? Don't let this world today deceive you into thinking they can match the talents and the ability and lure you in to some wild interest that's going to serve you like this living true God who is purposely, with each one of us, purposely from the day you come to him and are, are born again in his presence, you are his workmanship. Your life takes on meaning. Your life takes a focus for, on him. Every day he's watching you, listening to you, uh, and he's just worried about and concerned about you becoming everything he wants you to become. Praise his wonderful name. He had to work through grief. Let's look at Matthew 14, 1 through 13. This is something here, isn't it? Okay, this is, we're talking here about John the Baptist. It says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed there, and he was listening to... Uh, I would like to read 1 through 13, so can you put 
put up 14.1, uh, please. Thank you, Jasmine. At the time Herod the Tetrarch heard the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. A little confused there. And therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. All he was doing is pointing out the, pointing out the folly in the way. Let's face it. And when he would have put them to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, he promised. And them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Do you think, what do you suppose, as much as he loved John the Baptist, as much as he ordained John the Baptist in the womb to do his work, as much investment as he put into John, all of a sudden he heard one of his, as in the book of John says that we are, uh, we are the, the branch, we are part of, he is the branch and we are part, grafted into the branch. Think about that. All of a sudden, John was part of Jesus, and he trusted him, and he'd done his ministry. And being faithful, he lost his head. In the Bible, and in it paraphrase, it says, uh, there's no greater man on earth, but no less than in heaven. Because John the Baptist was between being the, poured, the Spirit being poured out. He lost his life before he was filled with the Holy Ghost in the presence of, of the others. He, was, he leaped in the womb when he was filled with the Spirit. But think about that, that all of a sudden, this disciple that done his work, that stepped out, stood for what, what was right, and he stood up against the Pharisees and done his ministry, Jesus said, oh, he didn't just blow it off like, oh, we'll just grab another one. He took full concern for him, and he, he, had, and he was grieved by that, because it says, hearing of his cousin John being beheaded, he went away, he realized John was his cousin, a man acquainted with sorrow. Sometimes we find no one can help and really understand except getting alone with Jesus. And I'll tell you something. There's nothing you can go through that he'll let you go through alone if you love him. It doesn't matter what it is. We're not promised a rose garden, as the old saying goes. And all of us in this place. And I want to tell you this tonight. If you're going through some troubles, I like Brother Shetler's message about you're going to gain in the struggle. You know what the Bible says in the Old Testament? A righteous man falleth seven times. Now, if you're in here tonight and you think, man, I've blown it. I've blown it. God isn't going to love me. I want to let you know something. He's so excited for you to succeed. He's so excited for you to be progressive in him. The Bible says his mercy is new every morning for a reason. 
And that reason is because he's all about you succeeding. It's all about this whole thing. I remember once when I was in the old church when I first got saved and I felt so guilty because I was, I was just a partying animal. I just went out. I just cared about myself, to be honest with you. I mean, I used to have, I used to have a saying, let's go downtown and be somebody. I'd, I was all kinds of stuff. I was a psychiatrist one night. And, and, it was, she, and she fell for it for a while. <laughs> But anyway, I think, I think she's seen through it. It wasn't long I lost her, so she went somewhere else. But anyway, but anyway, what I'm saying is, in all truthfulness, folks, uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I sat on bar stools fighting off the, con, the, the convictions of God. A wonderful man, Joel Ellingson, prayed for me and worked with me at a shop, and, and he was such a sweet man. He did so little to, be, to show that love. And you know what it was? He knew what I was doing, and he never brought it up, really. He just, he made himself so approachable. that I'd go over and talk to him because I'd, be, come right from, I'd come right from bars, right from parties to work. I mean, I just lived hard as I could live it. And he knew I was sick, and I knew, I knew it too, but I just, I just liked being around him. And I can guarantee you tonight, if you love Jesus and, and you're living with, with him the best you can, and as I was saying earlier, you may think, oh, I've, I've messed up too far. Now God will never love me. Let me tell you something. Think about Peter. Peter, Peter's, I could be a little bit like him sometimes. I kind of, I put my foot in my mouth more than once, I'll tell you that. And Peter blew it a couple times, and he maybe denied the Lord. But you know what? You know what Jesus said when, when it was all said and done? They said, go get Peter too. He already loved him. He forgave him. There's nobody in here that hasn't got some, we've all got some issues. And tonight when, I, when, I, when I'm uh, encouraging a time of prayer with you, I'm not talking, stand there and try to out-talk God with, with a bunch of thighs and thous. Just, you know what I do every night? You can ask my wife. I get my exercise and I pray. Because <laughs> we've got a big dining room table and I walk around that and I pray and I talk to God. And he settles into me. And he talks to me and he settles into my heart. And you know what? I have my own approach. The Bible, a lot of times people recommend you to get someone to be accountable to, which is a great advice. But what I've done is I, I said, you know what, Lord? I just prayed with you. I'm going to be accountable to you tomorrow night. He knows I'm coming. And he knows I better be there. And I know I better be there. I can't get by more than one day without going back because I, I, I feel it and I'm lonely for him. And I'm accountable. If you want to succeed... Just be accountable to him. Be yourself. Just be honest. Just say, I, I kind of messed up, God. Will you forgive me? I, I responded to somebody the way I shouldn't have. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, folks. I'm not the great one to throw on a stone face and embarrass people. I grew up with red hair. Whoops. I grew up with real red hair, and it was wiry hair. And it was time when everybody had long hair, and I looked like a... I wanted it long like everybody else, and I, I was real, very self-conscious about it. I remember going to Tom's Barber Shop, and, though I, and I was so observant because I knew I was weird. And I remember, and I remember sitting there and looking at those two guys, and I, I could see one was slowing down, so the other guy got me. Because they didn't know how to cut it, and I said, I want a long hair like the Beatles. <laughs> well, man, and about as close as they could get as it looked like I had a piece of lasagna laying on top of my head. Because I, I, it was so full of waves and wiry, it just didn't work. Man, I, 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 got so, I turned so inward with that, and I looked around for people with hair like this, and there wasn't any. I mean, it was, 
I remember my, and I tell you, Mrs. Han- Mrs. Hansen, she just was that old man and she passed away recently. She was in, I remember in history, she said, I wish we could all just stand up and go touch Mel's hair. I thought, well, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, so what I'm getting at is that, it, that sounds like mild trials, but I kind of wore that, that image or that self-conscious ear image a long time. So I'm not going to be the one to embarrass you, folks. I'm not good at reproving somebody. I'd rather be to use my old Irish diplomacy and get around it somehow. I, want, I don't want to have people think that it's okay to do wrong, but I also want them to know I love them, and that's what Brother Ellingson did with me. He knew what I was doing. I remember once I was so sick, there was a Dairy Queen across from where we worked at this cabinet shop. I went over to him and I said, and I had, I had this, I was at my wit's end, I had nothing left. Up all night, and I went and ate those Dairy Queen hamburgers, and it just did me in. And I remember I walked up to Joel, and I, he just looked at me. He says, you want me to pray for you? And I said, yeah, would you? <laughs> and I, I'm not making this up, and I'm not exaggerating. He prayed for me, and it was, I, I called it a miracle because I felt like a million bucks. Just like that. And I went over to this gal. Her name was Sandy. I won't use her last name, but she was a tough gal. She had more whiskers than I did. But, uh, and she was, a bar, she was a bar woman, and she pulled out a lot of hair in bar fights. And I remember her saying, will he pray for me too? And I said, you better go for it. He's probably running out of time. You know? No, but anyway, I guess I'm just saying to you tonight, I don't, it doesn't matter what you've done. God forgives everything. The enemy's lie will tell you you're never good enough and that you've done too much to be forgiven. And let's give God praise tonight because he paid that price. He paid a dear price that we would be washed in the blood of Christ. And that's why I can't emphasize enough tonight that why not take what he has offering? Why not offer, when he says, I'm giving you the gift of the Holy Ghost, why not receive what's a gift? I've never seen anybody come to you and offer you a beautiful gift in rolls and just with a, with a nice bow on it and then say, I'd like to, but I just don't think I want it. You just don't do that. It's so unnatural. And that's, what he, that's why he called it a gift, because he wants you to know he wants you to have it. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be happy. And the enemy will do nothing but emphasize your negative faults. He'll never do anything but emphasize your weaknesses. He'll never, he's so threatened by you. Once you turn, hey, he's crazy. I always said he's totally out of his mind to go off into and try to tempt Jesus Christ. He knew who he was. Hey, you're hungry. How about this? Turn these stones into bread. How about if I take you over here and push you on this pinnacle? You can have. And he tried to, he tried to uh, offer him all of this can be yours because he, he has the power of the air. He's been given a certain level of authority for a certain amount of time. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you need to understand your value. It'll help you when you go to pray. I might have messed up, but you know what, God? You paid a price enough to where I'm forgiven for that. Pick up every day. I remember I went to Brother Ellingson. I, I, I was maybe saved a week, and I was having a hard time with it. He's, and he said, this is for a lifetime, brother. Just, just, just get up every day and start again. I'm made in God's image. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, it, Satan. You have no claim anymore on me. I'm a child of the king. I'm not perfect, but I'm a child of the king. David, David still was called the man after God's own heart. Why? Because David knew how to repent, and David knew how to be thankful. Praise the Lord. But I want you to know tonight that he's invested in you a lot. Praise his wonderful name. 
So Jesus, he had important decisions to make. He prayed all night, and the next day he chose his 12 disciples. I'm going to skip through some of this. In times of distress, Luke 22, let's put that on there. 39 through, now, you think anybody had distress, it was him. It says, 39, okay, and he came out and went, and as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Think about that. A man of sorrow. A man of much grief. And I remember the time he humbled me and reproved me. Because I had done everything but murder. I don't think I did that one. But I think I failed all the other ones. And I, was, I felt so guilty about myself. I just, I, I just didn't believe it. I had the Holy Ghost, and I was baptized in Jesus' name and, and, I, and everything, and I, I just still felt bad about all the ways I was and the people I affected and, and hurt. And, and you know what he said to me? I was praying for him with myself alone down in our old church, and he said, don't you realize what I've done is enough? And I seen a cross in my mind, and I realized the price he paid, the agony and the suffering. And you need to use that on yourself and the enemy, and you need to tell yourself every single day, he's bought me with a price. I'm committed to him. I'm committed to my family. I'm committed to my wife or my husband. I'm committed to my pastor. I'm committed to these people sitting around in here. Why? Because my life affects them. Do you know what? If I don't keep living for God, how am I ever going to expect that little girl over there to ever have any confidence? If you're a dad today, and if you feel bad about yourself, forget it. You have, a right to, you have a right to realize that little girl or boy is looking up to you like you're the greatest thing that ever happened. They love you so much. My father, I had a great dad. I had a great grandpa. I, I had a great father image. I had a grandpa across the street, and I, I could run in there and every day, in and out. And he, uh, he just called me Red, and we hugged each other every single day. And he lived in there until I, I was 22. He died at 92. And I had a dad that was so meek and so good to me. And he was my friend, and I loved him. And, I, and I've, never, I've honestly never really appreciated him enough I appreciated him, but I didn't know how much I really loved him until he was gone. And tonight, I, I'm, I may be talking to some people. My heart goes out to you if you never had a home life like that. I realize the detriment it is. I had a good friend, and he was, he was raised by his mother. She did her best. But she wasn't the same as having a dad with him. And he said, you know what, Mel? He says, it's just not the same. He says, it's just, it just leaves, a, a, leaves so much void in, in a man or a boy to not have a daddy. 
And that's part of the reason why I love these children in these Sunday schools, because I know a lot of them are hurting. And I know a lot of them, just like when I was little, I looked up and I could tell you the names of my school teachers still. Because I looked up at them, and I, I respected them. And I, and I thought the world of them, because they were, they were supposed to be everything to me. And I know some of you maybe didn't have that privilege of having a father when you were young, or a father that loved you and showed you and taught you how to fish or taught you how to, to play marbles. Or, to, or to, My dad bought me everything. I still remember when I was supposed to just, I kind of talked him into stuff too, but I remember when I was supposed to go get a rubber pad. I was in fifth grade to play drums. I was going to try that. The time I got him home, I had a nice snare. had a beautiful snare drum. So much for that. I just took that up in my bedroom and played to my rock and roll music. That was, that was my drum lessons. But I had, he, he done everything. I had car wrecks. I ruined, ruined cars. I rolled cars. Cars that he rebuilt. I'd, he'd see him drug up on a flatbed Sunday morning because I was such a goofy kid, immature kid. But you know what? He just loved me, and he never even got on my case about it. He just kept loving me. It made me want to keep loving him. And you know what? Tonight, if you understood really how much this God in heaven has invested in you tonight, and I'm here to attack the enemy tonight because you are so valuable to him, and I don't care what happened to you today. You could have done the worst thing today. But you know what he's excited about? Is he wants you to get up tomorrow and know his mercies new every morning, and he loves you, and he's invested in you, and he's created you for his glory. <laughs> Praise his wonderful name. So we're going to move on here a little bit. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot going on in Luke 5, and it says people were being healed, and, and Jesus was teaching, and he understood the importance of his time alone, refocused, and he got his, his heart prepared. Do we see the seriousness of us to establish our time alone? Jesus went away numerous times into the mountains. And tonight I just, I really felt this, this burden on me. And I wrote it down. I says, I personally have been feeling this very serious sense in the spirit that it is definitely an escalation or a desperation of time for the enemy of our souls to do his evil work. Without any exaggeration, I do believe the day of Christ's return could be any time. Some, some of the hideous things we see, the enemy altering God's design. I thought it was obvious enough when he tried to destroy homes with abortions. He tried to destroy home, broken homes by breaking up families and, and belittling the family structure and, and belittling the fact that the having children is, is, is almost non-cool and not, maybe it isn't uh, c conducive for your, for your career. And, and, and uh, when I realized how much all that was going on, and all of a sudden now he's got this nonsense, gender nonsense. I thought, give me a break, man. Who could be so stupid? I mean, come off it, man. My dog and cat, a dog and cat knows the right from wrong and female and male. You can't tell, you can't tell my dog he's a cat. <laughs> I ain't got a dog, I just said that. But anyway, but in all truthfulness and all honesty, we are living in a dark hour of time, and the enemy knows we got all these distractions and all these toys, and you know what? I, I tell you this, I feel that, that, that escalation of his threatened spirit because he knows his time is short. And I know we've heard that for a long time. You could have heard that message 
100 years back. But I think we are literally living in the hour and time where he is going to finally make a decision because of the nonsense that we are experiencing in this world, the lies. How do we even tell our children government is honest? How do we even tell our children what to believe? Go to school, and if you want to come home and be this or that, you can choose, because if I say anything, they're going to come and get me. Nonsense. I will go to my grave praising him, lifting him up, supporting my wife and my children and my little children, my family, and praise God. Give him a hand clap of praise right now because he has given you the spirit of truth. Praise his wonderful name. You, re you realize tonight that he has given us the spirit of truth. This stuff is odd and strange because you don't, the Bible says old things passed away, all are new. You're a new creature in Christ. Why does he say you have the mind of Christ? Why does he say whatsoever things are true and lovely and just and of good report, think on these things? Why does he say all that? Because, and why does he say, I, I, why did he say to his disciples, I have to go away to the mountain and pray? Why? Because he needed to be encouraged and strengthened. And that tonight, I'm telling you, it's not fancy. It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be professional. There's a sister Hannah, you've seen her in the Bible. The priest over under, she was crying at the altar for her son Samuel, who became one of the greatest prophets. Think about that. He says, ah, you're drunk. Isn't that just about this world, how this world treats us? They, they think they mock Christianity. They mock the living God that created their very soul. And uh, they think that they can get by with that because if I talk to them enough and I, and I give them that negativity and those lies enough, uh, they'll just start believing it. Well, you might if you don't know God close enough. And I, that's why tonight I'm just saying, just go to him. Go to him every day. Admit things. And I wrote down some things here, things that he gives me in prayer. I, sit, I, I take a notepad. And while I'm walking around, he gives me these things. And he gives me the importance of these things. And these are the things he gave me for this group. Your prayer... Your prayer life will free you from inward thinking. Inward thinking is a deception. Inward thinking is related to pride. Inward thinking says, I'm comparing myself to somebody else. And you know what happens is we end up criticizing and judging others because we see their weaknesses in us. I like Annette's saying, she says, if you're pointing your finger at somebody, there's three pointing back at you. Isn't that about the truth? But, you know, that inward thinking is, is another trick of the enemy. i got to be like this. If you're a teenager, i got to look like this one that's coming, that I can see in that magazine. I gotta, I gotta, if I don't look skinny and perfect and thin, I'm not, I'm not going to be loved by somebody. Lies. You know what I always say? If everybody was supposed to be 98 pounds, ringing wet, then you tell me why there's elephants, why there's giraffes, why there's a walking stick that you can see on a branch. Why? Because God's creation ain't all the same size. But he is in love with us the same. Because you're as valuable as him to him as anybody else. He honestly would, I, I honestly believe, hanging on that cross, if I asked him who Beth Wittorf is, or if I asked him who Lohan is, he would know who that is. Why? Because he was God. I heard on the radio today, if, if it's hard for you to believe that God can hear everybody's prayers all at the same time, look how amazing... The, the creation of, of God, which is man, look at the amazing advancements in technology. When you think about that, you think about how, how the, these phones work. I can text somebody over in Japan and complain about my soup, you know, that it, they made. It takes seconds. 
Now, if man could create a computer that can go anywhere, do anything, anytime, why is it so hard for me to believe the God that created the man? The Bible says he's the one that created the eyes, the nose, the mouth. He created the whole thing. And he made people. They said Einstein's brain, when, they took, when he passed away, they, they opened his brain. Our, we have a two-part brain, and there's a valley in there, and these little synapses jump back and forth. They said Einstein's was complete. He, had, he was, he was uh, God's will. He put those people, Thomas Edison, all these different ones. Praise the Lord. And, okay, I want to I go off on my list here. I got to watch that clock. Okay, gratitude. The more you pray, the more you worship him, the more you exalt him. Honestly, in the New Testament says in one of the Psalms, to broaden your tent, to bust out the stakes. If you want to get outside of yourself and get away from that inferiority complex, which is a lie, because the Bible says they that measure themselves by themselves or compare themselves amongst themselves aren't wise. What's he saying? Hey, I designed you. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. You might have screwed up a little bit. You don't face me. I'm God. I'm going to work on that. I'll prune you. I'll, I'll, make, I'll let you see how, how valuable you really are. Give me a little time to work with you. Praise his name. Gratitude, thank him, praise him, exalt him. When I walk around my room, living room, you know what I say every single day? Because I needed a lot of help in life. I didn't have the, I had a, I had a father-in-law that could just do everything. I mean, I was so humiliated by that. He could, that guy was, an, well, he was like an engineer. I'm not lying. We had four or five homes. He could do all the carpentry. He could do the plumbing. He could do the electrical. He could rebuild motors. And we were standing out one day, he has a little German brogue, too. And he's looking in my garage, and he says, and he said, I got it. He goes, I got a place for everything in my garage. And I looked at him, and I said, when you're Irish, you're just glad to have one. <laughs> but, you know, I had, to, I had to watch him a long time, man. I was the best gopher you could get. But now I know how to do all that stuff, but I don't even like doing it. And I could probably tell somebody if they're doing it right or not. I don't even want to see it. Anyway, but anyway, I, 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 you know what, though? We're all different. We're all unique. And I learned through, I had to be humble. I was, a, I was a, not so smart. My dad always said, what's worse than a, a smart person being arrogant is a dumb guy being arrogant. I think I might have fallen in somewhere in between there. But anyway, I learned a lot, but I was humbled a lot. And you know what? If, if you find yourself thinking too much about yourself, Get your mind off of you and get it on him. And that's why I say, if you praise him, you worship him, you're going to find so much gratitude. And thanks. Thank you for who I am, God. I don't know how many times. I mean, I'm standing up here. I can see pretty good tonight, but I got floaters like crazy. I, I, I can always watch them if I get bored. But anyway, but you want to know the truth? There's times I prayed about that stuff. It irritates me. It agitates me. And this is no exaggeration. You'll take me by a guy with a white cane, or you'll take me by some poor soul in a wheelchair running a toggle with their mouth. And I'll have to apologize and ask him to forgive me. Because he knows what he's doing. And he might even be allowing you to go through some struggles, failures. I went through failures after I got the Holy Ghost, you guys. I mean, I, I messed up. And he, he took me back. So don't kid yourself that you're, you're going to come off of this thing perfect after you got born of the water and spirit. Because it's, it's a lifetime experience. And you're going to grow and 
He loves you like a child, you guys. Praise the Lord. Gratitude, it clears up the negative thoughts. It enlarges your, as I said, your, your perspective of reality. It brings, when you pray and, and you talk to him, he'll bring convictions to your daily thoughts. He'll give you an, an attitude that I want to do right today. I have to be accountable tonight when we meet. It gives me a goal. And you might mess up a little bit. Forgive me. Anyway, you got to just ask him to forgive you and help you again. Pick it up and go again. He's so excited. He didn't die on the cross for, for, for people that are already successful. He died on the cross for people he knew were going to be a bunch of failures. My word, look at, look at all that stuff he watched in the, in the Old Testament with the Israelites. But you know what's really interesting? He would go, if you read in the Old Testament and through these wars and different situations, he would end up rebuking and reproving Israel. But then after, after that, he, if you keep reading, he always is so excited and glad that they finally saw it and caught it. That excited him way more than their failure. You feel jealous, you feel angry. It's human nature. You're not alone in that stuff. We all wish we could be like somebody else somewhere. I waited forever to be like somebody else that never showed up. So I thought, I'm getting so old now, I better accept this one. Truthfully, you know. I was watching these young fellas preach, and I thought, my word, they got quick, quick, quick minds. God ordained them to do it. Thank God for them. To have a young generation of men and women, people that honestly want to still serve God in this day and age. What a value. That puts such a smile on God's face. If you're young today, you get, there is a scripture. Consider thy creator in the days of thy youth, when the evil days come not, where, where the, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. We do get old. If you read in there, it talks about the teeth getting worn down, the eyes get a little dimmer. Guess what? Nobody's lived through this yet, <laughs> except Jesus. But when I look at someone like Sister Norma, or when I knew Sister Rosalind, and uh, she's in heaven, man. <laughs> it, paid, it paid for her to keep going forward. Now, I, now if I know Sister Rosalind, that lady had the most humble, sweet spirit. She never wrote a book. She, ne she never hardly said anything about herself. But, oh, I know she pleased the Lord. And I know, she, I know that spirit was in her son, Brother Ellingson. I remember he fasted four days, no food or water for Annette and I. And he, he said he had to do Mike Clear's paper out the fourth day and he could hardly crawl into his apartment. That's the love that the Lord wants to invest in you. And he can do that if you just give him conversation and communion. And he'll understand how much he does really love you. And he'll let you feel that. He'll let you touch that. You know what he looks for? Faithfulness. Someone that has a devotion. Sister Herps, Brother Herps. I knew these. I knew her when she was a little girl, but I know her devoted life to God. And her mom and dad were wonderful people. It carries over, carries on. You got others watching. You got others listening. It's worth it. It's worth it to keep going. It's worth it to make a, of something out of your life now while you still got life. He'll bring you convictions to your thoughts, your attitudes, any selfishness. 
And he does it with love, and he'll have you repent, and, and he'll have you work on that attitude today because you maybe messed it, or tomorrow because you messed it up today. He'll eventually, he'll wash you. It's like a glass of water, and you're just full of dirt, and you just keep pouring fresh water in. Eventually, all that dirt rolls up and rolls out. Eventually, you got a glass of pure, clean water. And that's what he gives us the Holy Ghost for because he says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He doesn't mean for it to be a stagnant pond where everything just sits and everything just stagnates and stench comes off of it. We can't be idle. We cannot live for God by just motion. We are not enough power. We have not enough power to, to go against the enemy without God's power and prayer and praise his name. We need to do it every day i got to quit pretty quick here, don't I? Okay, praise the Lord. Pray for your, he'll give you a burden for your brothers and sisters by prayer, by finding time of commitment with him. This stuff just don't happen. He'll have you loving people you didn't love. He'll have you forgiving people you didn't, you, you didn't think you could ever forgive. He'll have you praying for people. While you're, while you're praying, he'll put people on your mind during the day. you got to connect up to God. And you do that by simply dedicating some time. And we're all guilty of YouTube. We're all guilty of Facebook. We're all, I'm just as guilty as you. I, but I also know that I can be sitting there and go, huh? I'm coming. Because <laughs> I know it's not, I know I'm overdoing it and I got to get in there. And I got to be honest, man. What's, what's this all worth it if I'm trying to fool anybody? Much less, much less God, much less him. I, my prayers every day, God, I want to be honest to the pastor. I want to be honest to the church. I want to be honest to you first. And I want to be honest to my family. You know what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know how you get that? You get that joy because you just become yourself and you become appreciative of God and you just keep showing him love and kindness and, 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 a story, and just talking to him. And he doesn't do all that because he's arrogant and he's self-centered. He's doing all that because he knows we need the, the, his, his repercussions. He, he knows he, the reciprocation. He knows we need that because what does it say? He, he inhabits the praises of, our, of his people. I'm telling you tonight, he wants you to understand if you've been struggling with your Christianity and you think that it just doesn't seem to click for me. I walk out that back door and I just feel like the same old person. Well, you kind of are. But you've also got the great big God. Jesus had a, car, Jesus had a human side. He had to go off apart and, and get refreshed by praying to the Father, to the Spirit. Think about that. Man, it's really simpler than, it, than you think. You know? it's, really not, it's really not complicated because a, a tribe of uh, aborigines over in Africa that can't speak a word of English, they, they got to they get this stuff. He made, this, he made this valuable and accessible to every human being on the face of the earth. And he even says, be, be, come like children to me. He is, he is our father, you know. Abba actually is like a child talk, you know. It's like, I need you, Jesus. And you know what? When you get away with him and you get alone with him, he'll be intimate with, intimate with you. Like Jonathan and David, the love they had for each other. Why? Jonathan was very self selfless. And he protected David from his dad, Saul, who was a jealous, envious king. And what was so wonderful, David's heart was so right with God that when Saul chased him all over the wilderness and finally it got down to where David could, could take advantage of Saul and kill him, he didn't do it. He respected the authority. Then it says later he, he wept when Saul, you know, so. 
How long has it been here? Okay. I could go on for a long time. But anyway, I'm just telling you tonight, my emphasis tonight is you're good enough for him. You are good enough for God. He's the one that decides that, not your neighbors, not the, not the guy across the street with the, 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 the big boat and some of these joggers. I remember when I tried jogging. I didn't have the body for it. But some of these drivers, they, they run by in these suits, and their bodies are just like you know, athletes. And I, did, I did jog, too. But I remember I, I jogged in my sweatpants, and I, I remember this guy goes, how old is he? <laughs> I was 55. Anyway. I did make a 10K, but I had to rest on the, on the bank before I passed out. But I made her. But anyway, what I'm getting at is just be yourself. Let God have you completely. And don't be hard on yourself. He didn't design this for you to be a failure, man. He, he made this thing happen so we can all make it. Praise the Lord. Like I said, rely on the accountability to him. Because you know when you, when you talk to him... Just be yourself and be admitted. Admit it. I, I goofed up today. Forgive me. And after a while, when you're walking through your day and you goof up right on the spot, you can say, please forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have dwelled on that. He, the enemy's got the same old tricks, you know. He doesn't, nothing new. He'll try it all. But praise the Lord. The Lord wants to invest integrity in you. He wants you to become everything he wants you to become. And he will work with you on a daily basis. And he will work with you for many years until he takes you home. Hey, eternity is a long time. And I, I don't want to come up short. And I know I can't come, I will come up short if I think it's something great I'm doing. And I'm going to end this tonight. I remember I had this, I had this book. She, Annette told me, what are you carrying that book with you? It was something about a, oh, soup for 60-year-olds 60 or something. But anyway... She, I, had, I had the whole book. Anyway, she wouldn't let me go out of the house with that. But anyway, so she copied it off. Now, here's, I'm just going to read this, and I'm done. A couple of little things. To help you understand the, and see how valuable your life is, how you can see through, see things in the proper perspective. It says, the day start, and this, this was by Helen Keller. And she says, worse than not having sight is having no vision. The day started out rotten. She overslept and was late for work. Everything that happened at the office contributed to her nervous frenzy. By the time she reached the bus stop for her homeward trip, her stomach was one big knot. And as usual, the bus was late and jammed, and she had to stand in the aisle. As the lurking vehicle, lurching vehicle pulled her in all directions, her gloom deepened. Then she heard a voice from up front. Boom. Beautiful day, isn't it? Because of the crowd, she couldn't see the man, but she heard him as he continued to comment on the spring scenery, calling attention to each approaching landmark. This church, look at that park, look at that, there's the cemetery, there's the firehouse. Soon all the passengers were gazing out the windows, and the man's enthusiasm was so contagious, she found herself smiling for the first time that day. They reached her stop, maneuvering toward the door, she got a look at their, at their guide, him, an older gentleman with a beard, wearing dark glasses, and carrying a thin white cane. One last, From Here to Eternity by Max Lucado. As we get older, our vision should improve, not our vision of earth, but our vision of heaven. Our yellow legal pads were almost full. Our pencils were beginning to dull. For hours now, our music committee had been evaluating the past year. Planning for the future was our next task. As minister of music, I challenged the committee. This should be good for Sister Elledge. I thought about you when I read this. Okay, not that you're 
I'm not saying you need this. Okay, it says, okay, folks, we've done some good work here. But to see the results we're hoping for, we've got to have a fresh vision. Committee chairperson Dorcas Chapman rose from her seat and instructed us, put down your pencil, scoot your chairs back from the table, close your eyes, and try to clear your minds. Her next statement fascinated me. We're going on a trip. We listened attentively as Dorcas continued. Uh -oh. First, I, I want you to picture yourself on the front steps of the church building. After a good look around, step in, she stepped inside the main foyer. Dorcas proceeded, take note of what you see, whom you see, and what you are doing. Finally, I think you left the last back page. Anyway, it's not here. But I can tell you how it went. What it really was is the, everybody was trying to envision how they could create a better music department. And they had all these, oh, I see chairs full of, you know, all these, all these big choirs and orchestras and all this. And the one guy says, all, all I see is golden harps lined up. And the music instructor said, wow, that's kind of different. Three days later, he passed away. And he was on his way to heaven. My goal tonight was simply to tell you, to, to let you know you're valuable to God. And you can, you can be in, as in love with him as you choose. And he's an inexhaustible God. And your relationship with him is up to you. Nobody else can hinder that. Nobody can take away the drive that you have for him. And my message to you tonight is, I didn't make it this far in my power. I didn't make it from through today on my own power. I made it because of his grace, his mercy, his investment in me. Anything I've got good or anything that's happened for my life is only because of his instruct, instruction, his guidance. He gave it. I'm just a recipient. I'm just here. And I'm just another beggar telling another beggar where bread is. And tonight, if you have trouble explaining that to somebody and you, have, you feel like, oh, I've got to be a Bible scholar to invite someone to church, you know what, if you just be a friend and you love them and everything else, they might even ask you where you go to church. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.